0: Hello, friends. Paul White here. It's the Deeper Daily Podcast. Thanks for joining me on this 28th day of April. It is such a blessing to know that we are making somewhat a difference in your spiritual walk. I want to say thanks for the emails and the letters and the uh, messages and the things that... in the ways, all these technological ways and old-school ways of hearing from people. And some of you have reached out and let us know what the DDP means. And that is such a blessing Um, I'll be honest with you, sometimes we do, I've done this so long, it's part of my life, but there are times when it kind of gets quiet, and that happens, that's just life, that you start to think, oh boy, does it matter? (laughs) Should we keep doing this? Just about that time, someone will let us know how important it is, and I'm so thankful. If you would like to reach out, I would love to hear from you. You can email us directly, ddp at paulwhiteministries.com. Um, that's also the place where you can ask questions. If you have something you'd like us to address, we try and do that whenever it's a question that we feel would make for a good podcast. I try to handle them in those ways. Um, and so speaking of, uh, hearing from people, we've, we've heard people who have requested different books, different topics, different ideas. Um, we are going to land on, a journey into First Timothy starting on Sunday, May the 1st. So prepare yourself for that. Today and tomorrow we finish the book of Genesis, and in my way, we finish it. It doesn't mean that it's finished, that's for sure. It's, I haven't said the last word about Genesis. I, I haven't even said the last word that I'm thinking about Genesis. I just, it's time to move on for me. Um I did kick around the idea of moving into Exodus and doing the same thing we did with Genesis. And I'm not saying we won't come back to that, but for now, it's it's nearly time. There's two things I want to touch on the 49th chapter before we head into 50 tomorrow and sort of put a bow on the on the book. You know, in chapter 49, Jacob is blessing each of his sons individually. Now they, they're old men; they have to be at this point. They're not. It's not as if they're kids marching in before Jacob. They're fairly old men, at least in the prime of their lives. Um, that, I kind of miss that when I think about this, as I tend to think of an old man blessing young men. It's probably an, a very old man blessing rather old men. At least that would be the uh, that would make the most sense. There's really, I mean, you can go through all of these names, and it's a very worthwhile study. By the way, to go through the Hebrew names and see what the tribes meant, and I'll tell you one reason why it's so vital to at least do that once in a while in your life is because these names come back and they come back in Old Testament settings, but most important for us, they come back in New Testament settings in that they get repeated. Say, for instance, in the book of Revelation, the the tribes of Israel get renamed as the heads of the 144,000 Um uh, that are marked out during the prophetic timeline of revelation. And so wherever you think that 144,000, whatever that means, or, uh, you know, what that stands for, that literally 144,000 people are figured, what helps is to go through and look at the names of each of those tribes, because they're not all listed, and then try to figure out what that might mean in a spiritual sense, and then why some of them are, listed and some of them are not. For instance, the one one name I wanted to bring up today is Dan from Genesis 49, 16. Dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. Dan shall be a serpent in the way, a viper by the path that bites the horse's heels so that his rider falls backward. Um, Dan isn't mentioned in the book of Revelation in that 144,000. It's as if Dan is skipped or as if Dan never existed. What does that mean? I don't I don't know that I have the right, well, any more than anyone else to to try and land on a definitive answer and say this is absolutely why Dan isn't there, but it's possible that there's a greater message being applied in revelation through the meanings of the names and Dan's name means judgment. And perhaps it's just God's subtle little hint of showing us in the book of Revelation that what he's not doing in the assembling of his people is judging. Um, that that's a possibility. What's interesting about the Dan prophecy is that he shall judge his people as one of the tribes, and Dan shall be a serpent, a viper by the path. Um, Dan was small, not a not a large tribe, but dangerous. There's a moment in judges eighteen where Dan, strikes unexpectedly and beats a much larger army sort of fulfilling that Viper role. But another interesting one is that Samson is a Danite, meaning he's from the tribe of Dan and he was, was and is widely considered the, you know, the greatest warrior that Israel had in sort of hand to hand combat, sort of miraculous combat, um, And so that might be a way to to see Dan's prophecy fulfilled. But I I did want to point out that he's not in that rehashing in Revelation. And so I'm not here to try and tell you exactly what that means, but I do think that that stuff's worth your sort of ferreting out. Um, One more, and this one uh, is a great place to land today. Joseph, verse 22, is a fruitful bow, a fruitful bow by a spring or a fruitful bough, depending on how you want to pronounce that. A fruitful bough by a spring, his branches run over the wall. The archers bitterly attacked him, shot at him, harassed him severely, yet his bow, and this is the bow of a bow and arrow, remained unmoved. His arms were made agile by the hands of the mighty one of Jacob. This is an unheralded and yet amazing moment in the prophetic listing of the scripture because Joseph is shown to leave his bow unmoved. And that's a compliment. In fact, blessing after blessing after blessing all the way through verse 26 is bestowed upon Joseph. And did you notice that the blessing was associated with him leaving his bow unmoved? He's being bitterly attacked, shot at, and harassed severely, and yet his bow remained unmoved. He didn't retaliate to the attack. Does this sound like another New Testament Joseph? And notice the blessings that followed the non-retaliation. By the way, that bow remaining unmoved, that hanging of the bow, well, you get some of that at Noah's ark. Whenever Noah comes off the ark and God puts a rainbow in the sky, there's no difference in the Hebrew for the bow in the sky being rain or the bow being in the sky being an allegory for God's bow hanging in the heavens. No more arrow shot. That's something worth thinking about. Tomorrow, chapter 50. See you then. God bless.